Hi, I'm Michael Stiddle. And I'm Nick Nanos. Uh, Nick, we made it to the final week. I can't believe we got here so fast. It seems like a like a weirdly fast election. I mean, I know it's a short one, but still. A week ago, a week ago. No, in a week, seven days, it'll be election day. Seven mm. more sleeps and we'll be there. And uh, I don't know. I think I think Michael, you're looking pretty good. I've survived, but uh, thank you. The plants are still. I see your the, plants are still. The plants alive. in my oh. background still going <laughs> strong. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's get to it. I mean, what what where are we now? What what are the national numbers? Still pretty tight between the Liberals and the Conservatives. The latest CTV Globe Nanos tracking has the Liberals at thirty three point two, Conservatives thirty point two, NDP eighteen point six. Block 6.8, People's Party 6.6, Green Party 3.8. So factoring the margin of error, it's still a statistical tie. I know it shows the Liberals numerically ahead, mm. but it's still very close between the Liberals and the Conservatives. Toss up right now. Wow. Um, so just sort of like a nail biter into the last week. And and the Liberals did sort of recover early on, and, and they have maintained this this slight lead, uh, especially after the debates. Is it, is it the debates, Nick, or what's what's driving that? Well, I think there's a little bit of an uptick uh, for the for the Liberals, and you can see a little bit of a downtick marginally for the New Democrats. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the in the now that the debate's behind us. Like the debate is usually only a two or three day phenomenon. And then we get into whatever the closing week of the campaign, what the big ballot issue and the focus will be. Hmm. Uh, what about the preferred PM numbers? Well, the preferred PM numbers shows that about 33% of Canadians would prefer Justin Trudeau as, as prime minister, 28% Aaron O'Toole, Jugmeet Singh at 16%, undecided at 10.6, Bernier 6.0, Blanchette 3.5 and Enemy Paul, the leader of the Green Party, at 2.6. Oh, uh, so so one thing uh, I, I see there is is that Jagmeet Singh's number has, has gone down, and the number of undecideds has gone down as well. Exactly. So the undecided at 10.6 is the lowest that we've seen in the campaign, and it's quite low. Uh, that's so I don't know whether it'll go down any lower because there's still some people that are naturally undecided, but the big the big and interesting thing is the trend line for Jugmeet Singh in the last four nights of the tracking. You can see uh, incremental but steady decline over the last four nights coming out of the uh, English debate. And the other thing is, is that Justin Trudeau has an advantage that's outside of the margin of error because it's about five points. Margin of error is plus or minus 2.8. So it's just a little outside of the, the margin of uh, error for the survey, but uh, not a big lead. For hmm. Justin Trudeau. So I think the one definitive trend in the last four days is Jugmeet Singh. And the big question, Michael, is, is that a leading indicator that uh, some new Democrats might swing to the liberals? Too early to tell, but it's not like for people that are supporting the new Democrats, it's not like one day they support the new Democrats and then another day they support another party. It's like uh, the they usually the leader numbers start to move a little bit hmm. first. So Singh should be a little worried about his numbers declining because it may suggest that uh, some of his support might decline perhaps later this week, but it's too early to tell. Uh, so what do you think is driving that, Nick? We, we, we're coming out of the debates, uh, but, but also the NDP has, has released their uh, costed platform as well. I think a number of things. So first of all, Singh's been a consistent, when you look at the trend line, it's very consistent for him throughout mm. most of the campaign. And this decline is only in the last four days coincidental with the leaders debate. I thought he had a solid performance in the in the leaders debate. 
But, you know, we've just learned about the NDP platform and not a big surprise. It's a very progressive platform. It's big government and wants to help as many Canadians as possible. But, mm -hmm. you know, within the context of for the other two parties, the, new, the Liberals and the Conservatives, they've, they're still spending more money. And now the New Democrats with their platform wants to outspend both the Liberals and the Conservatives. And, you know, we'll see in a couple nights whether perhaps people are just aren't hot on that much of a deficit and that much of an increase in spending. I think, yeah, the, the headline was something like $214 billion over five years, which, which was much higher than uh, the Liberals, which is 70-something, and, and the Conservatives, depending on who you ask, probably about the same amount of money. Exactly. So it's, it's just a, too much of a difference. It also speaks to, Michael, the strategy of the Conservatives. The strategy of the Conservatives is not really to differentiate themselves in terms of the deficit from the Liberals. Mm -hmm. That's probably to attract what I'll say blue Liberal supporters who kind of see a similar approach. So the conservative strategy is to not make the deficit an issue and spending an issue to make sure that Canadians don't think that they're going to cut, while the NDP support is to differentiate itself from the other two frontline parties uh, by spending more money. So two fundamentally different strategies on the platform budgeting and deficit front. Hmm. So uh, one more week to go, Nick. I, why don't we go through the parties and just see kind of what strategy uh, we should be looking for? Uh, uh, so why don't we start with Liberal leader Justin Trudeau? And I think before we do the walkthrough, I'd mm -hmm. like to say this is white knuckle week <laughs> in the campaign, right? The white knuckles. Actually, yeah. white knuckles, not just for the campaign leaders, but for pollsters. Yeah. So uh, Justin Trudeau... Uh, his the thing this week, it's going to be interesting to see how he manages it and how it pans out. We'll be probably answering questions about Jody Wilson Raybould and mm. her book that's come out. Uh, and you know, what happened, what could happen, the role of the RCMP, what he would like to do, and you know, what he believes he said, and uh, and Jody Wilson Raybould's interpretation of uh, of the pressure that she felt uh, she was under. So I think this is going to be the issue that probably dogs Trudeau at every single event that he has. So how about this for a prediction? Every event, there'll be a question about Jody Wilson-Raybould. And then you'll watch the body language of, the, uh, of, of Justin Trudeau either kind of stiffen up or kind of mm -hmm. do that awkward twitch that he sometimes does. So that'll be it for him. And then expect him to demonize the blue team, right? To yeah. do the fear that, you know, the, the liberals... They, they save the heavy fear cards to the very end. But, uh, you know, they'll talk about, you know, if, if Aaron O'Toole becomes prime minister, that dogs and cats will start living together and it'll be the, that kind of stuff, kind of the usual fear mongering. So watch. So Trudeau will be two things, Jody Wilson-Raybould and fear mongering for the conservatives. We'll see what cuts through. Hmm. She's, uh, she's, she's really come back in, a, in, in Jody Wilson-Raybould in a, in a, in a, in a strong way in this last weekend. I was, I was actually watching uh, Trudeau press event yesterday, Nick, and, and he was directly asked, you know, have, did the RCMP ever personally contact you over SNC-Lavalin? And, and he said no. But I mean, just being asked that question, uh, it, it just seems like he can't escape it right now. Exactly. It's kind of like the protesters not able to, you know, he's been dealing with the protesters. Now he's got to deal with questions related to mm -hmm. Jody Wilson-Raybould. And, you know, the thing is, is my sense of this issue is that for some Canadians, it reinforces views that they already have and mm. will fire them up. 
for other Canadians, they're going to look at the timing and go, okay, so you release a book the last week before the vote. Obviously, we know what you're trying to accomplish because uh, you've been on the record saying that uh, you do not believe that uh, Justin Trudeau should be prime minister, and this is your this is your effort uh, to do that. So there's there's lots of uh, lots of people that are fired up uh, about this and uh, and have formed opinions. I don't think there are people that are wishy washy on this one. Hmm. No. Uh, and now Conservative leader Aaron O'Toole, uh, as you said, he, he basically has all this uh, incoming attacks from the Liberal Party. You know, they're, they're bringing out their fear cards. Uh, so, so what does he have to do uh, this week? Well, you know, the thing is, is that Aaron O'Toole is still in the game. Uh, conservative minority government is still within the realm of possibility, uh, as is the Liberal minority government. And you know that his story during this campaign has been the most dramatic change in mm-hmm. the numbers, and that's been his personal brand. If you remember, Michael, back in August the twelfth, he was at around seventeen point seven percent of Canadians that preferred him as prime minister. Now at twenty eight, he's up a full ten percentage points. He's more mm-hmm. than doubled his score. So, for Aaron O'Toole, the name of the game is going to be to look prime ministerial. A, B, not make a mistake. C, make sure his team does not make. A mistake and uh and then to basically position himself as change that is not risky because the liberal strategy will try to portray Aaron O'Toole as risky change mm. so and I think that speaks to his strategy during the debate his, his strategy during the debate was stay just a little below the radar mm-hmm. get through without uh, making any mistakes smile a lot uh be uh you know be be steady during the debate and yeah. uh, ministerial. And, uh, and I thought he did a, I thought, I thought Aaron O'Toole did a, a good job uh, during the debate. I, I, I unflappable, I, I would call him during the debates. I mean, very, very calm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's the discipline and you know what, this has to go with his uh, professional training, you know, in the Canadian armed forces, you know, like, let's face it, uh, discipline, focus, vision, you know, uh, a laser-like focus on the mission. His mission is to win this election, and he's focused on that. And he is very, he's very, very disciplined in his messaging and in in his demeanor, but not in a way that is uh, uncomfortable. Or you know, he still comes through as a uh, you know as a nice person, mm-hmm. and uh, but very uh, very disciplined at least in his uh, in his messaging. Uh, how about NDP leader Jagmeet Singh? So it's pretty clear Jagmeet Singh wants to run on his platform and he's just costed it out his budget. And he wants to say that he, if he was prime minister, uh, he would do more. And actually, the other thing that we should realize is that by putting out a platform that is spending much more money than the liberals, he has now prepositioned himself for the parliament, right? Because what he's going to do is to say, if we hold the balance of power, when I say we, I mean the New Democrats, if the New Democrats hold the balance of power, they will use it to get the Liberals to spend more money to help Canadians. Hmm. So I saw that I, I think in the longer term, this is a clever strategy, uh, because it suggests that uh, if the Liberals win or the Conservatives win, for that matter, his job will be to get more for Canadians. The problem is in the short term, will he get crushed in strategic voting? Uh, as uh, as it's happened in the last couple elections. And so it's a fine line that he has to walk between 
saying that he's going to be big spending and to advocate, regardless of whether it's a, a liberal conservative conservative or liberal minority government, that he's going to advocate whether he's, uh, you know, going to be taken, you know, taken off as an option because people mm -hmm. want to, at least progressive voters, we should say, um, want to keep uh, the progressive liberal government in power. Hmm. Uh, and in Quebec, we've got uh, uh, Bloc leader Yves-Francois Blanchette. Yeah, you know what? The thing is, is that the, uh, the, the Blanchette numbers have been uh, up a bit and uh, the Bloc numbers have been up uh, coming out of the debate. And, you know, so for the, the Bloc Quebecois, it's going to be to drive home and be competitive with the Liberals in, in the province of Quebec. And, you know, our polling suggests that, you know, the island of Montreal remains a fortress for the Liberals by and large. Hmm. But uh, once you step off of the island of Montreal, it's actually very competitive between the Bloc and the Liberals. So we may see kind of, who knows, if this trend continues, well, there'll be like one red island and then blue, a lot of blue <laughs> outside of that yeah. uh, island of yeah. Montreal when it looks at the, uh, the Quebec numbers. I, I was very curious, Nick, how uh, coming out of the debate, that exchange with Trudeau and Blanchette about, you know, I you don't have a monopoly on what Quebec is and I'm a Quebecer and... And then we got into the Bill 21 stuff, uh, uh, you know, how that would play out in Quebec. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that uh, Bernier had a solid, uh, sorry, Blanchette had a, had a solid performance in, uh, in both the French and the, and the English debate. His messaging is, is very clear. Um, and, you know, even though it was the English debate, his message was for Quebecers that, you know what, he's not interested in being the prime minister. He's just focused on advocating for Quebec. And if there's not a lot of enthusiasm for a lot of the other parties, it's the block is, uh, is an easy default place for mm. some voters to park. Uh, finally, we've got the People's Party of Canada led by Maxime Bernier and the Green Party led by Annemie Paul. Yeah, so why don't we go with uh, Annemie Paul first? Uh, you know, those, those Green Party numbers still at 3.8 have to be uh, disappointing considering they were at 7.9 on uh, August the 12th. Her preferred prime minister numbers at 2.6 is six is actually the lowest from all the federal party leaders. Um, so uh, it's been a difficult, I think the, the fact of the matter is it's been a difficult election for enemy Paul as the leader of the Green Party and for the Green Party. Mm. So it looks like in the in the best case scenario for enemy Paul and the Green Party, they hold on to the two seats that they have in British Columbia, which it is possible to do. And that enemy Paul somehow wins her riding in Toronto, and uh, and then for her to go through the process of rebuilding the rebuilding the party and kind of healing the party uh, after a lot of the divisions that they've had. And Bernier, man, the guy wasn't in the debates, but you wouldn't know it looking at his numbers. We have mm -hmm. the People's Party at six point six, and six percent of Canadians would prefer that he be uh, prime minister. And the big question is, will that be a spoiler for the Conservatives? So Bernier still a factor. And uh, can he deliver on, on those polling numbers? We'll see how well organized and how motivated those People Party of Canada supporters are. Great stuff. Uh, Nick, as always, thanks very much. That was fun. And uh, where can we find you? Find me on Twitter at Nick, N-I-K Nanos, or on the web, www.nanos.co. And I'm also on Twitter at Michael Stiddle. You can also find more information about what Nick and I have discuss, uh, discussed today, uh, especially, you know, the latest numbers at ctvnews.ca. Thanks very much for listening. <laughs>